Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Diva Current Podcast. My name is Hannah Ruth Dyson. Such a pleasure to be sitting here with you once again. Thank you so much for tuning in and welcome if you're new to the podcast. I am extremely grateful to be able to share just a piece of my heart, my journey, my experience with you in the hopes that it can help you. This podcast was very much inspired by all the offerings that I I do um, and just wanting to share the ins and outs of what it looks like to to create, to to live, to be in a business, to be an entrepreneur, to live in flow, to how to navigate life's terrain and also just a real um, pull to want to share with more people for those who aren't necessarily able to afford some of my, uh, you know, one-to-one offerings such as the apprenticeship or um, coming to a retreat or whatever it may be. I just wanted to share um, as much as I could with you in this space um, because, yeah, I've been on this wild ride <laughs> um, ever since. And, you know, like seven years ago, kind of embarking on this more um, spiritual path or this path that I was carving out by myself. And I mean, the gift has been time and space to really explore and figure things out and think about a lot of things. So I think I've been able to develop a lot of unique perspectives um, just by, I don't know, hearing things and then practicing and then um, learning what it means to live at this time um, through all the things that we're all navigating and and then equally being able to live here in Costa Rica has helped me kind of suspend reality as I knew it and kind of develop my own sense of self and becoming and um, yeah journey and so it's it's really interesting I it first, I think, happened when I moved to Vancouver in Canada for one year. I really took like time away from all media. I stopped engaging in the news, and just you know, a couple of years prior to that, I I had the job where I was like so well informed about every horrific thing, um, present and past, and I thought it was the most important thing to be informed. And then I got completely burnt out. And so I took this year out from sort of yeah engaging in media, not really being on social media at all, eventually giving up a phone, not watching film and television. Um, I mean, barely. I, yeah, I can't. I have no memory really of. I wasn't like strict about it. It just kind of happened. Um, but what I found through that year, uh, which was the starting point for me, through a lot of meditation and yoga, and bringing things back to simple because I had gone to this top university, I'd done this really um, high level degree that I found was really difficult for me. Um, and and then working in documentary research and really trying to figure it out when I was living in London, I was extremely overwhelmed and 
had no, no clear space and time to um, yeah get clear on what it was I actually wanted to do. I was testing a lot of things and trying a lot of different jobs and roles and um, I'm really grateful for all of those experiences, especially now when I look back, it kind of weirdly all makes sense, which at the time it didn't at all. I had no idea what I was doing and I had to move through a lot of shame and judgment and, and guilt around you know, not having it figured out um, when a lot of my peers seemingly had very clear ideas of what they wanted to do. Um, that was not my case. And so yeah, when I moved to Vancouver, I just got the most simple job I could find. It was like working in a reception for a yoga studio. And then I began teaching a bit and 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 sharing different things from that from that job. I began my weekly uh, women's circle from um, that space. And yeah, it was just the gift of working at a yoga studio was being having unlimited free access to classes and um, incredible teachers that came through so I was able to do a lot of deep diving and exploration and I experienced very out there things um, that really freaked me out at times I didn't you know always have um, the best guidance for some of those experiences and it took me some time to sort of um, really enter into this apprenticeship path which I am now so incredibly honored to be um, sharing with those of you called to it but it it led me onto this way of walking and seeing and exploration, just a way of kind of walking through life differently. And uh, yeah, through that process, I've been able to question many things. I really, I think also that detox from media, it helped rewire my brain um, so that I started to think, I think, closer to my true original thoughts and myself rather than the layers of societal stories and um, of course they still show up in my mind but so far less like at the front um, and they, it's nearly kind of funny when I when I when these sort of thoughts appear because I'm like okay that's not even real um, and it, it really was noticeable after that year I returned back to my home in Wales and I just remember my, I think my mom and my sister, they put on like a, a comedy show and it was like some sort of series. I have no idea what it was, but it was just really kind of jolting to me um, just because the way uh, specifically women were talking about themselves and, and it was obviously a funny show, but I found it, it was, I could nearly see how it was like putting my brain back into a different way of thinking and I was like instantly this sense of no I, I want to come back to myself I, I want to come back to this clarity and this um, pureness nearly that you know allowed me to continue from that point onwards um, yeah being really sensitive to sort of dialogues that I allow into my mind and um, conversations I engage in or um, yeah, media that I watch now. I mean, I still, I, I like to watch film and TV now, uh, you know, Netflix or, or YouTube or whatever it is just to, um, yeah, have that just normal time out. But I'm really sensitive still to what is the narratives that I'm listening. And even if 
I mean, I might still watch, but I'm very conscious that I'm not just letting this sublimably enter into my mind and alter my way of seeing myself again, because I, I treasure that so dearly. And it was um, really um, profound to me when I arrived here in Costa Rica, um, specifically in this town in Puerto Viejo, just this relaxed way of being and not just the beach and the jungle and the Pura Vida lifestyle, but the way women were with one another. Um, and this was at least my perception that just there was no real self-comparison or self-awareness in the sense of body image or um, there was just kind of this freedom to be who you are. And we have no, you know, adverts here or like billboards or I think you're able to kind of shut all that out and then you're able to just be exactly who you are and I remember my friend Kale here saying when I first moved here she was like yeah it's kind of like here people want you to just be as weird as you want and just like oh you're not weird like get weirder like just be exactly who you are and the liberation in that uh, again just between women was just so profound <laughs> and like so much weight like just literally fell off me but also just off my shoulders you know I just felt this like ah oh, I can breathe here and then you know um it felt like just not even thinking about my body or in that way or I don't know not so consumed with my self-image that I I also just naturally I think lost weight and in this sense of just um, moving freely, eating well, and just, yeah, not really thinking about it. So everything um, is obviously not perfect, but it's like a natural just way of being and a, and a relaxed way of being. And uh, this is all, all to come around to the theme I want to talk about today, which is um, sex and orgasm and our, our bodies and our connection with ourselves. Because I have to talk about this because it's been such an incredible part of my journey and such an important part of life, really. Um, and I, I, to bring it back to when I was in Vancouver, I, I, I had like kind of left London, left the UK just feeling like, oh gosh, I've had just one bad like relationship after the next and just like the pattern is me like what is what is here with me like what am I not seeing why do I keep attracting similar things and what's going on and so I kind of slowly merged into this year and a half of celibacy um, so not like at first just not meeting anyone when I was in Vancouver that I felt attracted to um, and then just one day choosing it like okay I'm just gonna switch that off like the amount of energy I was spending like wondering who I might meet and uh, just yeah fantasizing about it I just decided to say no I'm going to clear the space and focus on myself and it was such a powerful year once again um, that year in Vancouver being switched off from media and then entering into this daily practice of touching myself and it was kind of really the first time I had such a um I don't know, intimate connection with myself. Growing up, uh, it wasn't really a conversation about a female masturbation between friends or just in like in my um, consciousness. I didn't 
think that much about it. Of course, I had experiences where I was exploring uh, myself, but I also think I felt some shame and, and weirdness around that. And then I think Sex and the City did a lot of liberation on that front, but it also um, it also brought into this idea that like I cared so much about being independent and I really wanted to be, you know, confident and to live my life. And it brought into this mindset that to live like that, to be independent, to be free, was to have sex with, you know, casual partners. And um, and part of that is is fun and part of that is just exploration. And I definitely lived it. I, I was, I loved to party. I... I yeah I, I had quite a, a few sexual partners and you know some of it was amazing some of it was incredible and I learned a lot but also some of it was not good and wasn't serving I didn't know how to always use my voice I um yeah many I'd say many experiences were disappointing and I didn't really know much better apart from maybe what I'd learned through Sex and City and through um, the odd conversation with friends but uh, then that connection with myself was limited to really the use of a vibrator or um, yeah kind of in between moments it was never like a, a dedicated practice or uh, yeah it was just more like this funny thing or this novel thing or this um yeah I don't even know how to describe it but it was just something to to do every now and again and and see what that experience was like and it I mean I had pleasure from it but it was interesting when I I don't know what point but I I just stopped using a vibrator and began touching myself and then when I moved to Vancouver it became like this daily um practice which I decided to just begin exploring and I think that was very much connected to meditation and breath work and yoga just allowed for this different space and I started to experience the subtleties of pleasure um, which is also some of the most like profound <laughs> and deep experiences um, which I found um, just through my own experimentation that vibrators would override and I would like miss it and it would nearly like cut off the whole experience that uh, of pleasure that I could get, gain access to. And so, uh, yeah, through this exploration, I started to, um, yeah, especially when I had this daily practice again in Vancouver, I met some days resistance and uh, like senses, like feelings of shame or weirdness or discomfort. And that was really interesting and I'm really grateful I had this journey with just myself because I could then question that like but why you're just with yourself like why do you feel embarrassed or why do you feel a block here and I would often find like when I had blocks that if I just kept going and navigating my way through it with pleasure then it would create this immense release and it would always be the most profound orgasms um, but I started to experience things like um, being able to move pleasure, like move orgasm through my body. I started to experience orgasm without touching myself, just energetic orgasm through breath or uh, meditation and just, yeah, wild experiences that I couldn't really explain. And at the time I, I had no real 
references or people who I knew talking about this kind of thing, but I was just on my own personal self-discovery. And when I started sharing with some friends, I remember at the time, I think I'd already began the women's circle every week and they were like, you should teach this. Like, you should talk about this. Like, we want to know. Like, and I was so mortified. I was like, the idea of like presenting myself as a sex guide or, I don't know, orgasm uh, teacher. I don't know. I It was so mortifying to me at the time, which just shows also the amount of shame I was still hiding in. And um, yeah, like, honestly, who gives a fuck? Like, <laughs> that's like I'm saying this to my younger self, like what, like how, who cares what anyone else's perception is? But of course I had still like my whole entire <laughs> childhood, teenage years, um, you know, early 20s of like the the fear or like the, sh like, oh, if anyone found out that's what I was doing, like I'd be mortified. And so I kind of just continued to every now and again talk about it with friends, but not, I, I didn't choose to teach it at that point. And then fast forward, um, well, again, just so many experiences with pleasure um, just by myself that I it really I think helped me on the path that I'm on it helped me get into flow I think this sense of pleasure um, just created this effervescence in me this like bubbly nature this joy and openness to life like it felt like everything and even though I wasn't with a partner, I was just um, beginning to really enjoy my journey just alone by myself and um, with pleasure. And so, yeah, a year and a half into that celibacy, I just, uh, well, really a year in, I, I suddenly realized like this is becoming too safe and comfortable. I need to step out of my comfort zone and start calling in my partner. I knew I knew I already wanted a baby. I knew I, I really wanted a partner to kind of ground and anchor me so I could just really focus on the work that was coming through, the purpose that I was feeling like driven for. Like I I knew I wanted to do this work of mapping the deep feminine women's women's traditions throughout time. And I knew I just kind of wanted my partner in place. I felt just this conviction like that would really help just support and anchor me. Um, and this is, of course, just my own personal journey and just, yeah, what came through for me. But um, then I, I kind of on my path and opening up to the possibility of meeting a partner again. And I met several guys along my travels and my journey, um, but nothing that really was sticking. And then uh, really all the way until uh, I think I met one guy before my now husband and we had like one night together which was beautiful because it just even though it was like a, a one time sexual experience we had this connection and it felt also um like for lack of a better word conscious and just honoring like I felt honored through the experience and it felt very beautiful um and that also just helped me I don't know <laughs> not hold on to the celibacy so much and just you know my own personal journey with pleasure but being able to then yeah just be with someone so that was really um beautiful and it 
quickly became apparent we, we weren't meant to be. But then um, not long after I met my yeah now husband and and then it opened up a whole other journey of coming into uh, my my partnership where of course there was this you know passion especially at first you have this excitement and but it was also very vulnerable and raw and real like um there was nearly no pretense between us or um I don't know, trying to be anything. It was just kind of very real. And I was kind of in the state of like, I need to know now <laughs> if you're the one, like I, I'm not going to hold anything back. Like I'm just going to be who I am. I'm not going to be afraid to express all my emotions and my fears and my insecurities or whatever was arising. And, and also point a mirror to your stuff. Um, and it was incredible. And then the chemistry and, and the, and the sex was like, instantly amazing and beautiful but uh i was also still in this journey of with myself and with this sort of nearly meditative practice of like i've had this now um when i've talked to this topic of sex i've had people asking me um or like can you offer sort of technique or can you <laughs> offer suggestions of like how to touch yourself and I can't really do that because my practice has been very much intuitive and being in the state of meditation where I don't think about what I'm doing. I just follow the curiosity and the pleasure and just like let whatever happens happen. And so that was my personal experience. And then um, coming into partnership, it was jolting for my husband at first because he was used to having sex in the way he was used to having sex and it being good and and great. And then I was <laughs> saying like, no, let's just be and allow a natural um, movement begin to arise where we don't know what's going to happen next, like this meditative sex. And I think it got him <laughs> way too much in the head at first and it really um, kind of messed us up for a little while. But when we finally came back, it was incredible because, you know, ever since we've been able to come together and just be in this kind of exploration and just allowing for movement and, and um, the experience to kind of reveal itself and just be present to it and present to the pleasure. And it, it's also every single time for me, healing in some way, like it's so like normal for me to cry or to feel uh, like, yeah, some more healing has taken place because of um, some of some of the dishonoring experiences I've, I'd experienced previously and I've never been uh, raped. And so all of those experiences were ones that I had chosen or had accepted and that was nearly harder sometimes to, to recognize. And I've since worked with women where um, that is very often the case uh, they feel shame around experiences they didn't say no to or they just allowed and and they you know it didn't leave them feeling good and there's been so many studies now that have shown that um, specifically for women our orgasm and our, our, our sexual experience really um, directly affects our brain 
And so when we have dishonoring experiences, if we have disappointing experiences, um, then it can really affect our confidence, our speech, our ability to be creative, to, to many things basically in the mind. And so um, recognizing that first and just forgiving ourselves for any experiences we've had or we've allowed or um, and then also, you know, holding space for so many, so many of you out there who have experienced um, rape or sexual trauma of some kind. It's it's so pervasive and it's so disgusting. So it's like this attack on the feminine that's been so insane, like across the world. Um, really, I feel because of this fear of women's power. Women, I think, when they're expressing them, their full wild self and their ability to experience orgasm and pleasure in so many incredible ways, they it's like we become unstoppable and that becomes scary. And so to repress women, um, naturally one of the best ways is through through some sort of sexual abuse. And so um, just to recognize that these are the things we're healing. And even those of us who haven't directly experienced it, I think we feel it as a collective. I definitely feel the pain of my ancestors and women across the world who, um, you know, it's played out also in film and TV and media, like just this, um, yeah, abuse of women. And so we have to navigate all of that. And so when we also step back and we realize this is not just about our experiences and um, insecurities and fears, this is also collectively, a huge major issue and doesn't allow women to naturally feel safe in the company of partners all the time. It might mean, um, yeah, it might just mean that we, we really have to do a lot of work there to come back and find someone safe that we can begin to, to heal and to explore with. And so I'm so obviously incredibly grateful that I found my partner where I feel safe to do that and to open up and, really be in this I think for the rest of our lives in this space of exploration of um, what forms of pleasure we can experience and every single time being new and being surprised like I hear sometimes people say oh you can have this many types of orgasms or this many da 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 and I I can't really relate to that either because to me it feels infinite there's like infinite number of ways to experience orgasm and um, just like I, I mentioned earlier with myself, I've had this also in partnership where we haven't actually been physical, but we experience orgasm, like pleasure, like an energetic wave and uh, many other experiences. And for men, it's like so incredibly profound when they learn how to hold and not um, like get to that immediate release which is I think played out so often in porn and this has damaged so much the minds of of men and women you know this very I mean majority of porn which is just to me at least the, the bits that I've watched have never felt like real or true honoring of women or really an understanding of female pleasure or um, yeah, I feel like it's created such a weird distortion in our society and made people very 
um, disconnected from just being with their partner and again being in the space of exploration. And uh, so, yeah, when men can learn how to extend that, because this I think is one of also the major issues women don't often get the space to explore their own orgasmic potential because the man is over already. And I know that's also a huge vulnerability with men. Um, so I want to honor that as well. I know there's, there's a lot of fear for men about their performance, but um, really I think through intention and through practice and there's great teachers out there, I'm not one of them, but um, guides who can, I think, support men, you know, learning how to hold and, uh, you know, move into the space of continuous orgasm or again into the more subtle realms, which can feel like the biggest form of orgasmic, like, like pleasure. It's like um, the world that we have access to in terms of pleasure and uh, sex experiences and, and orgasm is so, so vast. It's like, I feel like it's limitless. It's infinite. Like I, I, for at least for me, I feel excited because I feel every single time is a new experience. And again, just opening again and again and um, surrendering more and more and more, like not needing to force or control, just using the practice of meditation, using the practice of breath, of staying present to the experience, to pleasure. And um, I think I intuitively gave that um, that intro where I shared about you know cutting myself off from media and then also being now in this community where women are less kind of um, self-aware about their bodies or what they look like or it just feels more just we are who we are and that I think is one of the greatest gifts for experiencing pleasure and being um, yeah safe and open and present because um, at least for me, in my like early sexual experiences, I was so in my head, really worrying what I looked like, what like face expression, what sounds I was making, um, really concerned about it, really caught up in my head. So of course I was never uh, able to truly enjoy the full experience because there was so much going on in my mind. And and then, I mean, also witnessing that often in, for partners, like them not really being present or just being like performing. I feel like this performance comes over because we do sex the way we think it should look like and um, are not really present to just exploring. And, and of course, that's a major generalization, but that was many of my experiences. And, and so, yeah, I... I wanted to share this episode on this theme and topic because I think I'm a pretty unlikely like sex educator or um, person to speak about sex because I don't really um, dress necessarily overtly sexy or I don't feel a need to kind of express that visually. Um, and, and that I think is the most beautiful thing when that feels like a natural want from a woman. Like I, I love certain women's accounts and I have a without ever, ever having really had a lesbian experience, I have such a love of women, like honestly, and like our beauty and our female form in all shapes and sizes and all 
expressions, I think, is incredible. So um, that's not to throw any shade on any women who choose to express that way, but it's just not me. And and I'll tune in, I'll be like, is that because I'm blocked or I feel shame around it? And I feel like, no, it's just not me. I just don't feel a need to do that. Um, and so I just hope for us all to continue moving into this space where we're allowed to express exactly as we are, who we are, and that may shapeshift as well. And maybe I'll change. Maybe I'll suddenly want to do, you know, nude photo shoots, um, sexual photo shoots. I don't know. That could be somewhere on my horizon. But right now it doesn't feel like a part of me. But when I have given talks on on female orgasm or sex, I, some of the most... Um, <laughs> incredibly received like I, I still have this one memory for a talk I gave at Envision Festival in Costa Rica several years back and I had like a queue of people asking to like to speak with me afterwards like asking when my book was out like it was just this crazy moment because I just was dancing before decided not to look at my notes and just showed up and I had no idea what was coming out of my mouth I just channeled the whole entire talk and I was so present and I was so kind of just there with it and um yeah it had some of the most beautiful feedback and even then you know several years back I wasn't ready to keep like talking about it on like all my channels or make it my thing at all and it, I don't necessarily um want to do that now but I think it's a it's such a big part of the female experience the human experience um so to speak to not speak to it also doesn't feel um, right. And, and when we're talking about being creative and working in flow and bringing ideas out into the world, I think this is a major component to feel free sexually. And um, yeah, once again, I, I really like uh, exactly like money, <laughs> um, relate it to all the chakras in terms of, um, you know, in the root chakra, we want to feel like, in terms of sexuality, we want to feel safe. We want to feel grounded. We want to feel supported. We want to know, like, okay, like, I can just be who I am here. And then moving up, of course, into the sacral chakra, which is very much connected to our sexual center. Um, but this is also the space of emotions and shame and guilt. So there's, of course, a lot to wade through there. And continuously, we have been shamed and um you know and just some of the research we've gathered with salty gathering is um being really really profound to recognize like i mean i had no idea that um there's records many records that in like as far back as the middle ages women were described as the more promiscuous sex and then you fast forward to the victorian area where suddenly women's apparently don't have a need for sex and they are just there for men um, this was then the common dialogue around female orgasm or female uh, sexual experiences. So um, that shift. And then I grew up also very much in the sense of like male pleasure. That was the focus. Like, like I still remember age 12, people talking about like how to give a guy a, a, a good blowjob. And then this fear of like, oh God, what if I don't do that right? Or, this was like, you know, consuming my mind even then uh, even though I didn't have my first sexual experience until many years later but I'm still like this fear in me it was never once 
about my own pleasure. Like, will I receive um, a beautiful experience from the men I meet? Like, that wasn't even really in my mind because that wasn't in the conversation. So again, grateful for Sex and the City for shifting that, at least in my consciousness or my uh, sort of reality. Um, but then, yeah, that also still being about, uh, I don't know, this this vision of women being independent, having multiple sexual partners and and that just being a normal thing. And, and that is great if that feels you're like you're calling. But I know once again, in my own experience, it I had many dishonoring experiences and just not good. And it feels like now in a sort of spiritual mindset, like so much mixing of energies and emotional stuff and things that we're not you know really aware of but all of this mixing it's just like we're we're leaving each other more confused each time and and not really um clearing that space and feeling really in tune and and connected so I've, again i'm still healing a lot of those experiences that have been confusing um but then uh coming up to the to the core of our chakras, um, the Manapura chakra, it's like the sense of fire, this power, the passion, and being able to take initiative, like being able to um, guide the sexual experience, being able to um, feel in, yeah, feel empowered, feel good, like feel that incredible, uh, yeah, burning desire moving through us and allowing that to navigate our sexual experiences. Moving into the heart chakra, there would be this sense of balance of giving and receiving. So it really does feel like we are offering ourselves to one another. We're staying open to one another when it feels safe and good to do so. Um, and the, the just the beauty of that natural exchange. And then, yeah, coming into the throat chakra, like really paying attention to our voice being able to express may it be sound um, it's so important to be able to express whatever wants to come through us and then also to voice our needs and to share what felt good and share what we might want differently like it's so important to have a, a voice and just in relationships I found it difficult to say what I really wanted to say in many cases until this current partner I I many situations found it very hard um, to say what I really wanted to say, and I think again it's connected to 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 sex and our confidence with that, um, yeah, ability to experience pleasure. I mean, everything's connected, and you know that line: how we do one thing is how we do everything. So maybe I'm just seeing the connections between it all. But um, yeah, coming into the the third eye chakra it's like again that meditative space <laughs> being able to dream and to vision but also just to be able to be and to i mean kind of bliss out and going into the crown chakra it's to the total bliss out it's like to find that um connection to the universe um, so we're again connected to the infinite potential of pleasure and to you know experience the kundalini rising through the spine all the way from the base of the spine all the way up to the crown is like so whew, earth shattering it's like 
incredible and once again frees us it allows us to show up in life it allows us to create and do and uh, make things happen and just again connect to flow when we allow our whole channel to be free this whole channel up through the spine through all these chakras all these energy points um, and you know working again with sexual energy we can cut cultivate it right now <laughs> wherever you are listening you can begin to like really begin to cultivate that like feel that energy um you know be it just like a slight contraction like connect like connecting to our um our vulva our <laughs> you know our anus our perineum just being able to like slowly um build up the energy there and like really breathe it and really feel that energy begin to build and then allowing that to travel up our spine and to feel the clarity through meditation, through um, just clear sight and again, being able to feel free in the body and then being able to show up for the things we care about, for whatever it is in the world um, that we're here to show up for, the things that we really feel um, passionate about. I think it's so important we connect to our pleasure and we allow that to move with us and to be with us. And so, um, yeah, once again, I, I mean, I hope this has been insightful and useful for you. And, and I, have, you know, already received beautiful messages from those of you listening that I have been speaking to topics very well timed with your own experiences and things you've wanted to explore. So I'm grateful um, and, and very honored for that. So um, yeah, please keep sharing with me as well. I would love to hear your experiences. And um, once again, coming back to this personal experience and journey with self-pleasure, it's always those times when I feel the most resistance and um, like tight, stuck, um, not wanting to have sex or wanting to touch myself or just feel pleasure. That if I go there, and I really allow for it, then it's always the most incredible. It's like you break free from something and open up again and again. And life can really start to grind at us. It can really start to wear us down. And so any place where we can find pleasure, we can connect to ourselves and to allow ourselves to work with this energy to then show up in the best possible ways for um, the rest of our life and all the things that we have going um, then you know then it's here for us and it's so important and so needed and for those of us who are mothers we need to still connect there we need to find our way of experiencing pleasure be it with again with ourselves or again with a partner um, just being kind with ourselves being um, gentle also not making sure we can like wade through all this, anything that shows up in terms of shame or guilt or, I mean, anything. And again, like stepping out of this self-obsession, this worry about what we, who we are, what we're looking like, um, if we're doing things right, I don't know, all the things that might show up, being kind with that and loving and just like gently like kind of <laughs> pat it on its head and say okay thank you for showing up and and now you can kind of move over there so that I can just be present 
And I really believe when we can tap into our power as women, we can be the guides for our partners in life. So uh, to not also, I mean, I was stuck again in this framework that men were the ones who initiate or men are the ones who guide sexual experiences. Again, that was the paradigm I was part of and, and the conversation I was part of or what I was seeing. But like learning what we can also be the ones to help the men get to deeper states of pleasure and open the doorway for them and, and not just men, whoever we choose our partners to be, a uh, woman or like anyone on the gender spectrum, just knowing that we have the ability to um, open up and navigate this experience so um yeah i'm sending so much love to wherever you are in the world again i hope um this met you somewhere where you needed it and can help um once again would love to hear from you any feedback any questions any other topics you would like me to focus on and um yeah i'll be seeing you next week thank you